You are listening to sermon audio from Coggin Avenue Baptist Church. If you'd like to know more about us, check us out online at www.cogginchurch.org. If you have a copy of his word with you, let's open together to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to let you guess where we're going in that book, but just go ahead and open it to Proverbs. And uh, let me say this to you this morning. Happy Mother's Day, moms. It's a, it's a special day. Uh, it's an opportunity for us as sons and daughters to recognize those fantastic mothers who do such tireless work the whole year long just to say thank you. It's, it's a worthy day to celebrate no matter who you are. If you're a mother here this morning, I, I pray that this message from the book of Proverbs both encourages you and challenges you in that position, that all-important position that God has called you to stand in. Everybody can celebrate today, even if all you know about your mom was that she was that woman that brought you into the world. Well, guess what? Like Billy acknowledged earlier, uh, you're here because of her, right? That, that's worthy to say, thank you, mom. Whether you even know her name, it's worthy to praise God for. But most of you know your mother in a much deeper way. For some of you, you're, you're not a mother yet. You're aspiring to be a mother. And I pray that this passage helps prepare you for that mighty task. And in some form, as I was thinking about this week, every category of human that would be gathered this morning, in some form or some fashion, guess what we all are? We're connected to motherhood. It has application, even if that application is just gratitude and celebration in all of our lives today. I was so thankful for the prayer that Kathy prayed because it acknowledges what I want to acknowledge this morning, that though Mother's Day is a day to celebrate and to have gratitude, and I pray that you're doing awesome things for the wife who's the mother of your children or the the, the mother in your life. It's also a day that just comes with it, just a natural source of pain and burden. Many times as I talk to women, Mother's Day is a reminder of that which they no longer have or never have had. Maybe for you this morning, you're grieving a little bit because your mother passed away and what you would consider, like I did with my mom, just a little too soon. I understand that. Maybe for you, the the passing of your mother, that, that special lady in your life, it was recent, maybe just a year, this year, and that, that pain is still fresh and it is still deep. Maybe you're here today and you are that woman that's always wanted to be a mother, but infertility has plagued you and it just hasn't happened yet. And you're, you're trying to be patient, but today is just yet another reminder of how deep your pain really is. Maybe you're here today and you have had to endure a miscarriage, but nobody else knows about it. Because it's too painful to talk about. Maybe you've had to suffer the death of a child. What I'd like to say as we approach the Bible this morning, I'd just like to say I'm sorry for your pain. I don't want to push it aside or discount it. I want to acknowledge it and say we fill it with you. And though Mother's Day is, yes, it's an opportunity to be reminded of what you don't have. I pray that through today's text As God speaks to you, you would be reminded of what you do have in him. Because wherever you're at this morning, in fact, whoever you are, you have access to the presence of God. And in the presence of God, no matter what struggle or pain that you're walking through today, you have hope and you have power. Because in his presence is hope and power. So I don't want you to hide from your pain this morning. 
I don't want you to try to bear your pain if Mother's Day is a reminder of it. No, no. I want you to ask God to help you walk in it and through it. Yes, that pain that you feel this morning will likely still be there tomorrow or the next time you think about that child or that mother in your life. And that's okay because guess who else will be there? God will still be there tomorrow when the pain shows up again. And I also want you to know this. So will we. That's what your church family is here for, to, to be with you in those times of struggle and pain. So reach out if you're hurting. Reach out to me. We want to be a minister to you. This morning, though, our, our focus will be concerned about God's plan for the mighty mothers in our lives. And therefore, Proverbs chapter 31 will be our text. Proverbs chapter 31. It's the last chapter in the book of Proverbs, the last bit of wisdom in this fantastic inspired book. I would say that Proverbs 31 is the defining passage for a mighty mother. It's a recognized passage. You've, you've probably heard of it before. But what's interesting to me is that though it's so recognizable in connection to a wife or a mother, it's also neglected in the pulpit. I mean, think about when, when is the last time that you heard a sermon, especially on Mother's Day, from Proverbs 31? It's probably not very often. My question is why? It's not a bad text. It's a great text. It's not even that challenging of a text. It's just very honoring. It's not complicated. I mean, it's challenging to the mothers, but not a challenging text to understand. I'll tell you why we don't often hear about it, and especially on Mother's Day, is because it's intimidating. It really is. It's intimidating for me, because what do I know about being a wife or a mother? Not very much, except for what I learned in God's Word, which I'm going to share with you, and what I've seen observed in my own life. But, but even many women hesitate and are intimidated by this text because the woman that they find here, that is being described here, is, she's like superwoman. It's, it's intimidating because it seems impossible. Don't be intimidated, ladies. Can I give you the secret to superwoman? It's the same secret as superman. See, like superman, a superwoman derives her power and strength, don't miss this, from above. She, she draws her power, literally if you look in the comic books, from the sun. Now God's word never expects perfection. It never expects you to live up to something that's impossible. It's always meant to encourage you and yet at the same time challenge you. Like superwoman, your, your power to fill, fill and to live in this text, it, it, it does come from above. And you'll be able to walk in it only when you draw that strength and drive that strength, not only from him, but also through a relationship with his son. So maybe we'd be ready to walk into the challenge and encouragement of this text. Today we're going to specifically be looking at three, what I would call general marks or general principles about what I've labeled a mighty mother that can be emulated from Proverbs chapter 31. But before we get into those three, I always like to ask, especially as we're parachuting into a text, is who wrote it? Like, who's, who's the genesis of this idea? Obviously God, because all of his word is inspired. And then why was it written? It seems to be answered pretty Clearly here in Proverbs 31.1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, the oracle, listen to this, in which his mother taught him. So, though he's the one recording it, it's his mom. 
The mother of a king that is the genesis of the ideas that we get from the inspired God of the universe in this passage of scripture. Now, as you do a little bit of research, you're like, okay, I don't really recognize that, that king's name. Well, you won't. Because honestly, we don't find him anywhere in recorded history. And therefore, many scholars would tend to believe that maybe this is just a surname. Maybe it's a real king that didn't put his name in the text. And therefore, it gets, you know, scholars love this kind of stuff. The I don't know where it came from stuff because there's, there's just lots of stuff that you can do and make assertions. They don't always have to be 100% accurate. But many scholars believe that maybe the king being discussed or being talked to by his mom is King Solomon. Which would have made his mother who? Bathsheba. And that would make a lot of sense when you look at this text because Bathsheba was married to King David and David really did struggle with abusing the power that God gave him. And she wants her son, if it is Solomon, to avoid that struggle. But honestly, it doesn't matter the king, even if we don't find him in history or even who the mother is. The main purpose of the chapter is the same. It is a mother of character that is writing this and wanting her son to record this and she wants to ensure that her son finds a wife that will not only be faithful to him but a blessing for him and so as we walk through this passage together let's start in a a weird place about halfway through let's start in verse 10 because I think in verse 10 we find a word that really sums up the character of the woman described in this chapter verse 10 says an excellent wife is hard to find. Or who can find this person? Now it's translated many different ways. If you have the NIV version, the New International Version, it calls her a notable character. A woman of notable character. The King James Version says that she's a woman of virtuous character. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says that she is capable. And the New Living Translation combines those ideas from King James and Holman Christian Standard and says she is a virtuous and capable woman. But what's interesting is when you go back to the Hebrew and you look at this word excellent, it's actually a military term. Isn't that interesting that it's a military term being used to describe a woman? It's the same term that you would see described for might or strength. When you're looking at a courageous warrior. It's the same term that God's word used to describe the mighty warrior Gideon in Judges chapter 6 verse 12. So therefore I have this idea that it's just not not, not just an excellent or virtuous though she is or a capable woman. She is a mighty woman which makes the context today a mighty mother. And I want to tell you today, yes, like the author says here, a, a mighty mother is hard to find. And she cannot be made in her own effort. But the Lord can develop her. And so moms, I pray that you would let him through his word develop you as well. Let's take a closer look at this this first principle of the first mark of a mighty mother. A mighty mother gives wise advice to her children. Now anytime you hear the word wisdom, don't translate wisdom as knowledge. It's not just about passing knowledge onto your children. No, wisdom is the knowledge of God as revealed in his word applied to everyday life. Not just knowledge, but the knowledge of God applied to everyday life. And here in verses 3 through 9, this mother offers what I would consider three pieces of wise advice to her son so that he does not abuse the power of a king that he has been given. Listen, moms, it's important to pass on advice to your children. It's important 
uh, to pass on what I would say this kind of advice to your children, specifically to your sons. Now, some of this is going to seem obvious. We're going to go through it pretty quick, but it's still important. Advice number one, she tells her son, do not use your power for sensual pleasure. Literally, she says, do not give your strength to women. Now, now think about if this was given from Bathsheba to her son, her son Solomon. Did he listen? No, he did not. He had hundreds of wives and concubines. I think the application here is that sexual sin is serious and it's dangerous. And though it's so accepted in so many different corrupted forms in our society today, mothers, please fight for the purity of your children. Fight for it. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Fight for the purity of your children sexually while at the same time helping them understand how amazing and good sex really is in the context of biblical marriage. Yes, you can tell that to your children because that's what the Bible says. The second piece of advice she gives is pretty simple. Basically, she's telling him to not taint his power as a king with drunkenness. Not complicated. Don't let alcohol control you, son or daughter. Don't let any addiction guide you, but let the Lord guide you. And that's where she leads to in verse, uh, not verse 3, but the third piece of advice she says here. Basically, instead of fulfilling the desires of your your flesh, and instead of giving into the worldly lust around you that are made available to you through your power, instead, use your power, son, to help the powerless. How about that advice? She literally says, why don't you go out there instead of serving yourself with sexual sin, instead of serving yourself with drunkenness, why don't you serve others? Why don't you be a voice to the voiceless? Why don't you go out in this world, moms, and tell your sons and your daughters to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves? I think this is great advice. And then she tells them, not only do I want you to look out for others, but I want you to find a good woman. Right off the bat, we can see this mighty mother is consistently willing to give wise advice to her son. Listen, there's some things that we don't know exactly from this part of the text that we learn later that I'm going to assume in this part of the text so that we can drive it into application. Mainly that her wisdom does not come from herself. Her wisdom comes as an overflow from her relationship with the God that she loves and serves. She overtly tells her son later, you need to look for a a, a woman's son who fears the Lord. And so we're going to assume that she fears the Lord as well. Moms, please don't forget that there is a depth of influence that you have that is God-given over your husband and your children. And you need to take advantage of it. But also know that you cannot dip the water of wisdom from a well that is run dry. Like, what? What are you trying to say? Let me just say it. You can't give away what you don't have. So the wisdom that you're going to give away must come from the Lord. Daily time with him. Fearing him, serving him, as the Lord gives those things to you from his word, then you're capable of being that conduit and giving that wise advice to your family, specifically to your children. This mother in our passage, she had a very influential son. He was a king. Notice, she wasn't in the nursery with him any longer. He was an adult, and yet she was still using his ear 
to bring glory to God through his influence of the world. Moms, you know this, but let me encourage you. You always have influence with your children. Do not think for a second that that influence goes away when they move out of your home. I will also tell you, yet if you establish trust and consistency from a time when they are young, from an overflow of your relationship with God, guess what they're going to do? They will continue to come back to the well of your wisdom their whole life. Think about it. How many of you, sons and daughters, still are willing to go back to your mom for advice? How many of you still turn to her when times are hard? Or you wish that she was available so you could call her and talk to her today? So let me tell you this, children, and I don't care how old you are here today. You're never too old to go to mom to get advice. And if it's wise and godly advice, advice, you better listen to it or at least consider it every single time. A mighty mother is willing to give that godly wise advice to her children. But also, look, she, she puts her, her family as her priority. There's so many verses here that tells me that a mighty mother loves her family. And what I'd like to say in addition to that is she makes her home, not the house itself, not the physical location, but she makes the family in her home her priority. Now let's transition in the verse 10, which is what I would call the real body or the meat of this passage, where it describes this mighty wife from the perspective of a very concerned, and what I would even consider a mighty mother giving advice to her son. The author tells us that not only is this woman going to be uncommon, meaning you're not just going to find her on every street corner, son, but she's also more precious to you once you do find her than any diamond or bar of gold that could ever be in the world. Her worth, look what it says here in verse 10, is worth far more than precious jewels. Husband, do you, do you, think, about a, you think about that for your wife who's the mother of your children? Sons, do you, do you consider your mom as worth more to you than diamonds and gold? If so, don't just thank it. Treat her like that. Tell her that. Compliment her and encourage her. When you see the words jewels here, they're just relating to wealth. But I can tell you, you can be rich, but not wealthy. Having a a faithful wife and a a mighty mother, that will make you wealthy. Let me try to walk into the difference. See, See, a poor person is always talking about money, that what they do not have. A rich person is always talking about their stuff that they get from money. But a wealthy person already knows what they have. So they don't waste their time talking about stuff or money. They talk about and they think about what's most important. And that's the relationships in their life. You want to be wealthy? Deep relationships with both your wife and your mother and other friendships as well. Okay, back to the mighty mother. Look at verse 11. We start to see the effects of this wife and mother's love on her family. It says, the heart of her husband, trust her. And he will have no lack of gain. When I tell you that a mighty mother loves her family, and I'm not just talking about just some uh, emotional expression of love. What I'm talking about is the support and commitment to her family. And because she supported her husband, he trusts in her and is encouraged to find great success in the world. I love this. Mothers and wives, listen to me. 
please know this. You have much to do with your family's future trajectory in this world. You just do. Your husband and your children, they will believe what you say to them, and they will believe what you say about them. Look at verse 12. I mean, it's just heavy laden with her love for her family. She does her husband good and not evil all the days of her life. Support and sacrifice is what I see here. She is fulfilling her God-given role that's described in Genesis when it calls Eve a helpmeet. You ever heard that term before? Not just a helper, not just a helpmate, but a helpmeet. See, a mighty mother is one that helps her family in every way that she can, but at the same time, she's willing to meet them on the path when they're dissenting from the plan of God to challenge them and tell them, boy or girl, you need to get back on track. Or like my wife does sometimes. Honey, you need to get back on track with the Lord. See, this is more than just wanting your family to be happy at all costs. This is truly a mother wanting the very best for her family. And sometimes the best for her family is challenging them. And challenging her husband when he's off track along with her children. But because of her support, look at verse 23. Her husband is known at the gates when he is among the elders. And that day, the leaders of the community, they wouldn't gather at the golf course. They wouldn't gather at the coffee shop. They wouldn't even gather in the courtroom. They would handle all their business in front of everybody at the city gates. So his influence is positive because of the love and support of his wife. And then he praises her for that. Jump down there to verse 29. Look at what he says about his wife. You could even say this about your mother. Many daughters have done nobly, but you, mom, but you, wife, you excel them all. Do you talk to your wife like this? Now, I'm not saying you got to say it like this. Listen, honey, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. She's probably not even going to get that. But what I'm saying is, do you tell her how awesome she is? Do you tell your wife and your mother, listen, compared to the rest, I think you're the best. You should. Take that home with you. Tell them how much you appreciate them and do not let their acts of service go unnoticed. The Bible says her husband was successful. He was confident and well known in the community because of his wife's love for him. Have you heard this before? I think it's a well-known fact that behind many great men are what? Mighty women. (laughs) And that's what we see in Proverbs 31, a mighty woman of God. Personally, I want you to know today that I could have never done just a fraction of the things that God has allowed me to do without the love, the support, and the dedication of my wife. I don't think I could survive just this week without the love, the support, and the dedication of my wife to me. I pray this week, may every husband have a mighty wife such as I. It's not just her husband, though, that she loves and He responds back in a loving way to her. It's also her children. She loved her children and they loved her. They saw her love. They saw the love of their mother from what? Acts of service. See, love needs to be expressed verbally, but it also needs to be shown as well. Verse 15 tells us that she rises early while it is still dark and makes food for her house. The idea here is that this mother is willing to do whatever it takes to properly provide for and to care for her family. Moms, you need to know this, that the home is the safe place for your family. 
And God has given you charge over its function and its care. And it's an important position. What this looks like is probably going to be a little bit different in every home. You might be like the Proverbs 31 woman, and you're convinced that you need to wake up early and make a hot meal for your family every morning for breakfast. Okay. But for you, it may have nothing to do with breakfast. For you, it may be, okay, we need to have evening meals so that we have a time where authenticity and honesty abounds. Maybe for you, because your home functions better in order instead of chaos, you you focus on a cleaning schedule with you and your husband and all the children because that's what your family needs. Maybe for you, it's your family. You know that because they live in such a stressful environment, what they need is they need a home that is full of happiness and joy and laughter. So that's the place that you provide. Maybe it's all of these things, or maybe it's nothing that I mentioned. That's not the point. The point is this, that you know what your family needs. How far are you willing to go as a mom to give them that environment that you know already that they'll thrive in? That's the question. I've been in a lot of different homes, and I've seen a lot of different home environments, and almost every single one of them are different. Different's fine. What does God want for you and your home to give them what they need? I know some of you are single mothers. Some of you know a single mother. And they are waking up early. They're getting the food ready. They're packing the lunches. And then they go to a job or two, maybe three, to put food on the table. This is the type of relentless readiness that reflects a mighty mother. And I'd like to tell you, if nobody else does this week, thank you for what you do for your family to honor God. The love continues to flow. Look at verse 21. It says, she's not afraid of the snow. We don't see much of that around here, but we have before. And we don't see it today for sure. She's not worried about the snow. Why? For her family is clothed with scarlet. You're like, what is, what? It just means this woman's family is prepared and they have the clothes and the preparedness that they need. Verses 26 through 28 continue to reflect this mighty mother's love for her family. Verse 26 tells us that she teaches wisdom. She is not too busy to pass on godly truth to her children. And just like the mother right in this passage, she takes time to do it. But how does she do it? She does it with kindness and not by belittling them and not by exasperating them. Moms, you don't have to nag. You don't have to beat down and you don't have to tear down your children and tell them how bad they are. No, you are to teach them wisdom with kindness and show them their worth in Christ and how you treat them. We see from other passages of Scripture all through the passages of the Bible that the primary source for spiritual formation for our children comes from the home. And mom, I want to tell you, much of that is going to come from you. Many times you're the one that's going to be at home. Many times, you're the one that's going to be driving the children back and forth from their activities in school. You are the one that are going to have an opportunity for the encouragement and the spiritual formation that should be naturally and occurring in your family. My encouragement to you today is to see it and to take advantage of it while you have it. Verse 27 again shows her dedication to her home. It says, she keeps watch over her home and does not eat the bread of idleness. What does that mean? It means that she's not lazy. (laughs) This mighty mother did many other business endeavors. We're going to see those in a few minutes. But let me be clear with you this morning. Her priority was her home. Her priority 
was her family. So let it be with you today. Verse 28 says, not only your husband, but her children rise up and they bless her. If you're a child of a mother here today, I think that includes everybody, and you have an opportunity, bless your mom this week. Maybe you'll be at the kitchen table. Maybe you're going to be watching TV. If you're a child that's kind of young, you're probably going to be on your phone at some time this week. Would you just take an opportunity, maybe even today, to just stop what you're doing, put down the phone, turn off the TV, put your fork and knife down at the table, and go to your mother and tell her why you are thankful for her, for her. And I don't just say, thank you, mom, but say, thank you, and then be specific for why. And after she picks herself up off the floor because she's shocked by your expression of love for her, give her a hug and tell her you love her. I think this is an important thing to do. Rise up and bless her. Not only do we see that this mighty mother is mighty in the advice that she gives to her children, not only do this, she is mighty at home, but look at the rest of the passage. There's so many verses here that shows her that she is mighty throughout every area of her life. Scattered throughout the text, not only do you see her impact in her home, but you see the impact that she makes in the community and even at work. <laughs> Let's just go through some of them. Look at verse 13. It says she's willing to work hard with her hands. Not afraid to get dirty to to finish the task and to help others. Look at verse 16. She's an entrepreneur. She buys land. She sells it. She makes a profit. She plants a vineyard. Verse 17 says that she is strong. Why? Because she works hard. Verse 18, it says, in her business endeavors, she is literally burning the midnight oil. Verse 19 says that she even comes home and works with wool and spins it into yarn and then makes clothes out of it. Verse 24 tells us that these garments that she makes, not only does she provide them to her family, she sells them for a profit. Hear me, ladies. What I'm not telling you is that you must go find some wool, that you need to spin it into some kind of yarn or thread and then make clothes and sell those clothes or that you have to buy a field or plant a vineyard or anything else. Some of you here today have have chosen, made the intent, choice to be the chief chief operating officer of your home while some of you others are working for corporations and cities and colleges or you run your own business. That's all fine. Look at the text. The point here is that this mother that is speaking to her son is recognizing the intelligence and savvy of the potential wife that he is going to have. Anyone who says the Bible supports the oppression of women, you just don't read very much of it. This, to me, is a very empowering passage of Scripture. For the glory of God, ladies, and in His plan for your life, you can do anything that He calls you to. You can accomplish anything in the will of God that you put your mind to. The doors are wide open for you. Look at the Proverbs 31 woman. If your priorities are straight and the priority is your home. She is also mighty in her service to the community. Verse 20 says, she extends her hand to the poor and stretches out her hand to the needy. Verse 22 says, basically, she takes care of herself. She clothes herself in fine linen and purple. In case you're thinking, okay, here we go. Now it's all about her outward beauty. This is the only mention of her outward beauty. And it describes what her outward beauty really is. It's just a reflection of her inner beauty. Look at verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. 
and she smiles at the future. Why? Because she knows the, confu- the future is controlled by the God that she serves. Now, as you sit there, ladies, a little overwhelmed by this woman's dedication to her home, her work, her community, the author finally lets you into the secret of her success. He knows at this point that a, a woman or a mother might be sitting there thinking, okay, this is great, but it's kind of impossible. And you would be right. On your own, it is impossible. But what does the Bible tell us? With God, all 